Hello everyone, and welcome to Novelty from the North Situate Library. I'm your host Catherine, and every month I review a couple books and give you a look behind the shelves at the secret and sometimes maybe not very scandalous lives of library workers. Today I'm reviewing Miss Benson's Beetle by Rachel Joyce. Miss Benson's Beetle is historical fiction set in the 1950s in Britain and a Pacific island west of Australia called New Caledonia. It's about Marjorie Benson, a middle-aged home ec teacher who ditches her teaching job to go on an expedition to search for a rare golden beetle that has never been officially documented. She advertises for an assistant and ends up hiring Enid Pretty a bleach-blonde, fun-loving, low-class broad who contrasts from the prim Marjorie in just about every way. The novel details their adventure and how it helps their grudging cohabitation become a powerful and enduring friendship. Something that I really loved about this book is that the the real treasure was the friends we made along the way trope is not often what I expect from books about older adults with real-life problems. An adventure story starring a middle-aged single woman who is uniformly described as ugly was kind of a treat. The Beatles were important, but this adventure was about women healing from long, trauma-filled lives through the power of friendship and self-discovery. I have been chewing over this book for a while at the time of recording, and I'm still not completely sure how I feel about it as a whole. I enjoyed their writing style, which was full of dry wit and poetic flow. I also loved both of the main characters, the contrast between them, and the depiction of how powerful platonic love can be. Both settings, post-war Britain and tropical New Caledonia, were vividly and beautifully described. (laughs) I'm officially dancing around the issue because I want to give a spoiler-free review. In short, I'm not sure I liked the plot or rather, the specific subplot that had a huge effect on the novel's conclusion. I feel like there's something strange or maybe even a little cowardly about it. This particular story could have had an unconditionally happy ending, and it didn't. The library has Miss Benson's Beetle available in print, and as an ebook or audiobook through the e-zone, as you like it. I recommend it to people who are interested in well-developed women characters and adventures. Miss Benson's Beetle isn't the only thing I read this month. I wanted to give some airtime to the books that I don't have time or words to give a full review to. I am currently in the middle of What We Don't Talk About When We Talk About Fat by Audrey Gordon. It's about the discrimination that fat people face, and I consider it a must-read for anyone interested in equity, diversity, and inclusion. I also read The Communist Manifesto by Karl Marx this month. It was recommended to me as a good place to start learning about political theory, not just because it's a leftist foundational text, but because it's short and funny. It lived up to that description. When I finish with Audrey Gordon, I'm going to try out The Book of Eels by Patrick Svensson. You may remember a vague mention of it in last month's Behind the Shelves. As far as I can tell, it's a history of humans' interaction with and understanding of eels. It's one of the books I chose to add to our nonfiction collection, and I'm excited to see if it lives up to the hype. What have you been reading lately? I love hearing about what other people have going on. 
You can send me an email at katherine@situatelibrary.org to talk about books or cooking or recommend things that you would like me to cover in the podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Miss Elise. I'm here to give you an update on what's happening at the library for children, teens, and tweens. Before I let you know all about the fun things going on, I wanted to tell you about a new book I just read. Imagine you and your friends discover a mysterious place, and all of you must figure out the dark secrets of that place before something bad happens. That's what happened to 12-year-old Nico, Tyler, Ella, and Opal when they discover an uninhabited island after an altercation with a bully. On the island, there is a creepy houseboat that has many strange secrets. As they try to unravel the mystery, it seems that dark forces are becoming stronger and stronger. Will they figure out the truth of this place before it's too late? To find out what happens, check out The Dark Deep by Ali Condi and Brendan Rikes. The Dark Deep is a middle grade book on the Rhode Island and the 2021 Rhode Island Middle School Book Award list. And it would be great for fans of shows like Stranger Things and anyone who enjoys adventure books or sci-fi books where kids have to save the day. If you want to check out The Dark Deep, it's here at the library. I would suggest giving it a chance. It's a fun book to read. So besides having some great new books like The Dark Deep, we have some fun items that will be available to borrow soon. This includes a microscope kit, a weather experiment kit, a knitting loom kit, and snap circuits. So stay tuned because they'll be available soon. Also, I just want to remind any teens that have read three books on the Rhode Island Teen Book Awards list, voting is going on right now. So when you have a chance to, come on in and vote for your favorite book at the library, or if you would rather vote online, email me, and I can give you the link. There are a lot of great books on that list, so make sure to have your voice heard before the voting ends on February 28th. Coming up in March... We have our regular programming. We have story times twice a week and take and make crafts every other week. But one event that is always a blast is Virtual Candy Bar Bingo, uh, which is backed by popular demand. It will be on March 9th. Uh, the Zoom meeting for grades K to 5 will be at 4, and for grades 6 and up will be at 5. We just had it in February, and we had a lot of fun. Um, the more bingos you get, the more chances you have to win candy. Uh, if you'd like to register for bingo or any of our other fun programs coming up in March, you can visit our website at situatelibrary.org. And um, after you register for bingo, just don't forget to come on in and pick up some bingo cards. Or if you rather, I can always send you a link for the virtual bingo cards too. So just send me an email. And hopefully I'll see you there. It's a lot of fun. And you get to win a lot. You get to win candy. So what's better than that? Especially if you have a sweet tooth. <laughs> if you have any questions or suggestions for me, or you just want to reach out and say hi, uh, you can send me an email at elise at situatelibrary.org. Or you can also reach me on library phone at 647-5133. And my extension is 103. I look forward to seeing all of you and talking to you again. Um, have a great February, and I'll see you soon. Bye, everyone.
for our little peek behind the shelves. If you remember, last month I told you all about the librarians of the cookbook club and how new guy Bill gravely insulted my dear friend Jen while she was doing her demo. Amazingly, he did have the guts to show up again for the February meeting and even signed up to do next month's demo. I guess he's working hard to get back on everyone's good side. The jury is still out, but I look forward to seeing how he does. The club will probably be merciless. The other new guy, Carlo, he actually has proven himself worthy. Imagine that there are a bunch of sparkles around my head as I say that, and let me backtrack a little. So like I said before, libraries all over are struggling to offer safe programs that patrons are interested in, and it's a lot harder in the winter. Outdoor stuff is limited, but Sue lives in a town with a great bike path, and she is an expert cyclist she has had some success with biking programs in the summer and into the fall. She rides just about every day, and we had some warm-ish weather predicted, so she figured, why not try it out? Now, I know this is a bad idea, and you probably know that this was a bad idea, but it's easy to get in your own head about a program that's related to something that you love to do. In the end, it was colder and windier than predicted, and only Carlo showed up. Still, the two of them know what they're doing on bikes, and they decided to try a ride anyway. It didn't go well, like, to the greatest possible extent. She ended up in the hospital. Her text about it was funny and kind of sweet, so I'm going to share the story from her point of view. She said that this was fine. So, we were on the trail, and everything was going great. It was cold, but after a few minutes hard riding, we weren't feeling it anymore. It was nice and warm and sunny. Every few minutes, we were slowing down to chat about something or another, but then I guess I got distracted, and I hit a patch of ice, skidded into the ditch, and went tail over tea kettle. Uh, She didn't say tail. Anyway, uh, she sent me an ER selfie with her face all scraped up and her arm in a cast, and then continued. Carla was amazing, though. He went way beyond the call of duty. He helped me back to the trailhead, insisted on taking me to the hospital. He wanted to come in, but the nurses turned him around because of COVID, so I thanked him again and told him I'd see him later. But instead of heading home, he took care of my bike, which is trashed, by the way, and brought my car home, and he was at the hospital door waiting for me when I got out five freaking hours later with homemade soup, so I wouldn't have to figure out dinner. Plus, the soup is delicious. Man of the year 2K21, seriously. So now Carlo is the hero of the group chat. And I think there are a lot of eyes on this budding friendship. This month's cookbook is not a new release. It's from 2017, but I borrowed it because I had a dilemma. Until very recently, my wife worked in the sort of job that gives you gifts. Some might call these gifts a kindly given bonus for loyalty and service, and some might call them distractions from real issues like low wages and skimpy benefits, but either way, I now have an Instant Pot. I am not a fan of the Instant Pot, and I'm not sure if I ever will be, but Indian Instant Pot by Urvashti Pitra is the sort of cookbook that is nudging me in that direction. Like you see for a lot of kitchen gadgets, Instant Pot recipes are kind of a minefield. There are two kinds of recipes to be wary of. Those that take shortcuts that don't actually save that much time. 
and those that use the Instant Pot for the sake of it, even though they don't actually make sense for a pressure cooker. None of the recipes in this book are like that, because Indian food has been prepared this way for a long time. As the introduction reads, it's an important technology for Indian cooking because it saves time, makes foods creamy and tender, and infuses meat with the flavor of all of the spices. I really enjoyed how Pitra described the squealing of steam releasing from a pressure cooker being a harbinger of mealtime in her youth. My favorite element of this book was its adaptability. It has recipes and guidance on making homemade spice blends and yogurt and paneer, but it's clear that if you're low on time or money for experimenting or energy, you can buy all those things. For example, I am a nerd who was really excited to try cheese making, so I made my own paneer. But at the same time, I just bought a container of premixed garam masala rather than buying cardamom and coriander and grinding all the different whole spices required to make my own. There's also a really handy chart right in the introduction that gives you suggestions and timings for protein substitutions. I like that I can use what I have on hand rather than shopping for something special. The recipe I tested from this book was paneer biryani. And again, technically I tested two recipes because I made the paneer myself. It was simple and delicious. Something that I thought was really great about the recipe is that it called for frozen mixed vegetables. That was a really nice way to freshen up the dish without having to do a lot of prep work to dice a bunch of different veggies. All in all, I strongly recommend Indian Instant Pot for pressure cooker lovers or for anyone who wants to get into Indian home cooking. I also just without a doubt recommend trying to make paneer sometime. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to Novelty. Please note that the opinions in this podcast are my own and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoint of the North Situate Public Library. The Behind the Shelves segment is a work of fiction, and any similarities to real people is unintentional. I'm including links to all of the books that we discussed in the show notes, as well as a link to a transcript of the episode and to all of our social media. If you can't get enough library content, visit situatelibrary.org to learn all about our services and programs. And also, please send us feedback on the show. Leave us reviews wherever you can to do that, or just drop us an email. I am Catherine at situatelibrary.org, and Elise is Elise at situatelibrary.org. We would love to hear from you.